The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. Wow. So we just got back. It's 11.50 on Monday, August 29th. Just hit the road, got back to Charlotte, walked in the house. We turned the thermostat down 78 to 71. Uh, Billy Ray and Pat are in the same room. And uh, we just wrapped up our interview with Coach uh, with Coach Beamer. And we're just going to hit you here with a little bit of a pre-roll. Um, I mean, Pat, that was a ton of fun, man. We just listened to the podcast on the way home in the car and spent the spent like the last 20 minutes audibly laughing yep. at Coach and some of his responses. And it's... <laughs> It's kind of funny because uh, we're sitting here in my basement and... Don't look, make it sound weird, dude. What? We're sitting here in my basement together. <laughs> I mean, looking at I, our wall. I don't even know if this is a basement. It's not It's not subterrain. Uh, there's a, I'm looking outside. My grill is right there. We're right. actually uh, we're on the grill level. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have a framed picture of Coach Beamer on my wall. Um, so that's just kind of funny here. Um, <laughs> I mean, just... An unbelievable time, and and I want to thank everybody that showed up to this event. And we have shout-outs at the end with everybody who helped us make this come together. But, Pat, I mean, we we talked about it all week. We were kind of like, look, I have no idea how this is going to go. We've never done a live event. We've never recorded a live event. We, I haven't spoken to Coach Beamer. I I can't even remember the last time I I spoke to Coach Beamer. And I can't remember the last time he's done an event for this long, talking about Virginia Tech and... Just really, really special. So um, let's go ahead and let's catch people up with what we have coming up. Yeah, so before we do that, we got to give a shout out to our friends at the Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg on Main Street. The best pharmacy in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hands down. Hands down. My hand was up and then I was like, I got to put it down. You know, (laughs) Um, Dr. Lord Jeremy Counts. We'll greet you with a smile when you walk into his domain, his pharmacy. Whether you're filling a prescription, whether you are getting some candy, maybe you just love Snickers and you're like, hey, I think Jeremy sells Snickers. I think so. Or uh, if you want to play Mrs. Pac-Man, if you want to buy a Sons of Saturday flag, they do have those there at the Main Street Pharmacy as well. Jeremy Counts takes care of you. He loves the Virginia Tech community. And there you are a neighbor, not a number. All right, quick announcements, some housekeeping uh, before we roll into our recording with Coach. Uh, First and foremost, Sons of Saturday will be at the Brick in Charleston, South Carolina this weekend. The Brick is a Virginia Tech bar in Charleston. Shout out to our guy Matt down there. We're looking forward to hanging out with the Charleston Hokies for the Old Dominion game on Friday, we're looking forward to doing our first score prediction. Yes, sir. On Friday, uh, courtesy of our friends over at Breakthrough Beverages, that's going to be a ton of fun. So, if you're in Charleston, if you're in the area, come on and see us at the Brick uh, in Charleston, South Carolina. Boston College weekend, the weekend of September 10th, uh, Friday night, fall kickoff, the Sons of Saturday fall kickoff, first annual is going to be on Friday, September 9th, from seven to ten. 
We have some special guests. Who's coming? Who's in coming? Line. Oh, I mean, all right. you remember watching the ACC tournament this past year? I do. I, we won the ACC tournament. Remember that guy who had like 30 points and just lit it up against Duke? The white boy. Hunter Couture. <laughs> dude was balling out. Won ACC tournament MVP. Yes, He's he going to be there. Remember that guy who just jammed all over Paolo Banquero? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Justin with a Y. Justin Mutz for two. <laughs> Justin Mutz with the slam over Paolo. Uh, that was an incredible... Uh, incredible occurrence. We got Hunter Couture. We got Justin Mutz. Hey, you know that guy who's going to be calling football games this year? He's on all the old calls, right? He's been doing it for a while. I think I I share a name with him, don't I? <laughs> Bill and Bill. <laughs> Bill Roth will be guest number three. And then you know that longtime defensive coordinator legend that coached... Oh, he's, uh, he's, he's our friend, our commandant. He's our... Uh... He's our buddy. He's our bud. <laughs> bud Foster and the Lunch Pail. Uh, so we got Hunter Couture, Justin Mutz, Bill Roth, and Bud Foster will be joining us at McLean's. Oh, one more thing. What? What's we'll, that? We'll also be, uh, you know, Coach Foster, he loves he loves rock and roll. But you know what he loves more than rock and roll? He loves rock, rock Carmichael. Carmichael. We'll be celebrating Rock Carmichael's birthday on the ninth, uh, so we have something planned out for that. So, um, and Rock doesn't even know about it yet. So yeah, we'll yeah. Uh, we'll get that ironed <laughs> out. Yeah, I think our surprise for him might rock his world oh. on Friday night. So, <laughs> oh if you thought this was fun, you're, we're gonna have even more fun on Friday, September ninth mm. at McLean's at First in Maine. It is twenty dollars at the door. Ten dollars if you are a student. Cash only. Please bring cash. Big weekend in Blacksburg. Make sure you have cash. Makes things a lot easier here. Cash is king. Um, at the door. Cash is king. Uh, the day after that, still ironing out the details here. Tailgate in lot two. That's right behind the south end zone. Lot two, tailgate. We will have uh, opportunity for some meeting and greeting with some student athletes from the basketball team down there. Just... Check social media this week. We're going to have uh, have everything ironed out and ready to go for that tailgate coming up for the Boston College game early in the day before the madness and the chaos of game day, you know, when you when you lose your cell service and it, everything's crazy. So, or lose your phone. Or lose your phone. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So um, we have an event going on the Miami weekend, too. If you haven't heard, we're going to be doing a uh, kind of like a fall jam type event at McLean's at First in Maine. That is the old Frank Cinnable. We will be doing a band party type ordeal. If you're interested in sponsoring, please hit us up. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, what have you. All right. So content going out this week. We have our old Dominion preview. It's going to be up by Wednesday evening at the latest. We got Giovanni Heater, who we got to meet today. Uh, Likely doing his podcast this week about athletes of the 757 coming to Virginia Tech. Pretty sure that's uh, one of the potential topics he might talk about. And locks of Saturday week one, which I know, hey, guys, um, we're back. The locks are back. (laughs) It's time to win some money. It's time to lose some money. I already lost three units last weekend picking Nebraska to cover. I don't know why I do this. Judging! All right, that was kind of weird. <laughs> Content this week on the website. We got Chris Baylor posting his Coastal Division Roundup. We got a week one preview for ODU by Rob Trimber. 
Brett Smith and Dom Bolts have us covered here with articles on Prokies and Hokie history. We have a road game guide uh, coming out on Wednesday from Adam Roth. I can't wait for this. You going? You're going? You're going down to ODU. You're looking having a having a having a hot time down in a, down in Virginia Beach down there. You don't know what brewery to hit. You don't know. I don't know why I'm speaking like that. You don't know where you're gonna go. Adam Roth's gonna have you covered, man. And then Giovanni Heater. I mean, the guy's crushing it. He's putting out an article on the front seven on the defensive side of the ball. I'm excited for that because I've been looking to read up on the front seven. Wait, Pat. So all this content's coming out, and and you know. I, you're telling me about it now, but I, what if I forget? What, is there some way you could ping me and let me know about the stuff that's coming to me? There is a way we can do that. We can aggregate all of that information into one place on the Sons of Saturday newsletter. And get this, Hokie Nation, we're gonna get in, really engaged. We're yes. gonna we're gonna ask for your engagement on these newsletters. We're gonna post polls saying, "Hey, who should we bring on next?" You know, an opportunity for you all to engage with us. Uh, on our newsletter. If you want to subscribe to the newsletter, please do go on sonsofsaturday.com slash VT. So it's our website. You check, you click the VT panel, click down to the bottom, all the way down to the bottom. It says sons of subscribery and you go ahead and type your email in, get added to our newsletter. Was that not good enough for you? Because there's one more add on on that. So we actually just partnered up with alumni hall down, uh, down over at first and Maine. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be sending out some nice little coupons. They're going to be it's going to be snowing coupons. You're going to be getting some 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 cash back opportunities from Alumni Hall. I went there today. I spent way too much money on Peter Millar. I mean, who doesn't love Peter Millar? I'm wearing it right now. No free um, ads. No free ads. That's right. No, um, I'm wearing my Roback. Okay. Well, <laughs> we love polos that feel good. And you can head on down there. Uh, we're actually going to have an item of the week each week, uh, giveaways and everything else, and that is only going to be available through the newsletter. All right, and then uh, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast and our YouTube channel, which is brand new. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Sons of Sat VT. And Billy Ray, lead us in with this DraftKings ad before we jump into the pod. I can do that. The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Wow. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings. Early win promotion. Get up, seven, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, wow. even if your team loses. I, I wish I could have bet on the Hokies last year on that, uh, on, the, <laughs> on, that, uh, on that deal. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code SOS to get $200 in free bets instantly. $200 in all caps. When you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's code SOS only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. Must be 21 or older. Virginia only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. If you or someone or you know has a gambling problem, call the Virginia Gambling Helpline at 
888-532-3500. That is 888-532-3500. You guys are sick. Five dollars? Five dollars. For two hundred dollars in free bets? That's that's absurd. That sounds like a pretty dang good deal. I'm sure you guys are sick of hearing uh, from exclusively Pat and Bill. So you're going to hear more Pat and Bill, but you're going to hear from a Virginia Tech icon and a college football institution. Let's turn it over to head coach Frank Beamer. everybody thank you so much for coming out here today or listening this is super exciting to be here at the university club inside lane stadium here on the fourth floor with coach beamer we're blown away by the space and this utilization of the president's box and i i think it's safe to say and everyone can agree virginia tech really needed a space like this it's incredible want to shout out to uh, michael borden's for helping us out here you know we had a pretty tight runway of getting this event set up and uh appreciate all the hard work by the staff here at the university club to get this done before the season started and uh, hoping that this is the first of many events here at the University Club. Also want to extend a special thanks to John Boleyn, actually one of my, my former professors, Dr. John Boleyn, uh, for helping coordinate this interview with Coach. So we want to set the table for you all here with some introductions. Billy Ray, kick us off. Pat, you always do a great job with introductions. Thank you. Uh, my name is Billy Mitchell. I was lucky enough to have been recruited to Virginia Tech under Coach Beamer's tenure, and I graduated in 2018. And my name is Pat Finn, and I'm a lifelong Hokie graduate of the class of 2017. My Coach Beamer fun fact is that my dad's junior year was Coach's first year, and my junior year was Coach's last year. Um, I liked your junior year better than the, the dad. <laughs> That first one was, wasn't so good. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this Friday, we kick off against Old Dominion, and that's going to uh, mark the start of the Sons of Saturday's fourth season here as a podcast. Our mission is to help enhance the Virginia Tech community with the foundation on Hokie Athletics, and we could not be more excited to roll into football season. But today, we're even more excited to welcome in a Virginia Tech legend in our first ever Whoops, I dropped my papers. We told you this was the first time. (laughs) We didn't have a dress rehearsal. Hang on, hang on. All right. Um, We want to extend a welcome to Virginia Tech legend Coach Beamer. We could run through the accolades and accomplishments all afternoon, so we'll just list a few here. He played cornerback at Tech and graduated in 1969. He led the Hokies as head coach for 29 seasons. He won three Big East and four ACC championships and won several Coach of the Year awards after the 1999 season. And finally, he was elected into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2018. You may have heard of him. Coach Frank Beamer, welcome to the Sons of Saturday. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Can you come come and talk about Virginia Tech football? We're all in. Awesome. Well, Coach, here's Proud the game. of this guy right here, too. Thank you, Coach. Yeah, Thank you. Wouldn't be sure. here without you. Here's the game plan. Uh, we're going to break this interview down into a couple of segments. Uh, uh-huh. First, we want to talk about your life and retirement. 
Then we will discuss your time at Virginia Tech, and after that, we would love to hear about your thoughts on the 2022 season. And we will finish some things up with rapid-fire questions. Rapid-fire is always fun. Uh, and then we have some questions and uh, sentiments submitted by uh, former players from oh. uh, multiple decades. Okay. So, uh, Coach, are you ready to you ready to go, Mango? I am. Okay. Go, Mango is awesome. right. Pat, kick it off with the retirement segment. All right. So, <laughs> Coach, we're going to give you a softball here. All right. <laughs> what have you been up to this summer? Well, we've uh, spent uh, we've been on Interstate 77 most of the summer. My daughter lives in Charlotte. My son uh, Shane's down in Columbia, uh, South Carolina. So, um, my, the, they call her Baba, my wife. Mm -hmm. She's happy when she's around her grandkids. I want her happy. <laughs> so we're down 77, even going to Charlotte or Columbia, and uh, then a, a few uh, miles on down. We have a lake house down in Georgia, and so uh, 77's been our main route right uh, this summer. You know, I live right off 77 in Charlotte, so, uh, you know, you're going to have to come by. Yeah. But, uh, Coach, got to ask, how is the golf game? How is it, <laughs> how is it coming along? Is, has it been a productive summer on the course? Well, I need to play more. Uh, you know, it's funny, um, when I was coaching and way a lot, and I'd go play golf. My wife, Cheryl, would say, well, you know, you've been in the office all this time. Won't, you, uh, won't we go out to dinner or something? Why do you want to go play golf? Now, it's like, don't you want to go play golf, get you out of the house and uh, leave me alone here? But uh, I've had a little back issue, and uh, I'm trying to get it well, and we're, we're about to do that. So uh, I'm going to get out there and play more golf. I haven't played very much. So you were telling me that you played a good bit at the river course, and uh, I need to get out there and play any golf. Mm -hmm. But I find myself getting in these weird situations where Pat, who's an avid golfer, and Bryce, who's an avid golfer, a lot of the times they're saying, hey, let's go, let's go down to the course, and I can't say no, but I actually shot probably, probably over a 200 at the river course, <laughs> lost plenty of golf balls, um, but that's been, uh, that has been my golf career here, um, but looking to get better for sure. <laughs> so, Coach, you mentioned that uh, you've been seeing Shane in Columbia, and we love to see what Shane's doing down there at South Carolina. It's yeah. been a joy to be able to watch from afar here. And I was able to go down there last November for the Florida game. And, you know, we saw a fantastic win by South Carolina. Yeah. You know, our very own Jason Brown led the, uh, led the Gamecocks to victory yeah. there. How has it been for you to have a front row seat, being able to see Shane climb the ladder and now have some success in a conference like the SEC? It's, uh, it's been fantastic. I think he was really well prepared. Uh, you know, all the... He's been with some great coaches. You think about the places he's been, Tennessee and Georgia Tech, and, and uh, it was, uh, then, then to South Carolina, Georgia. Uh, you know, and he's, he's been around a lot of really good coaches, Lincoln Raleigh, Kirby Smart, you can kind of go on and on. And, uh, and I think he knew exactly. And he had it all planned. He's a guy who's always taking notes and listening. And, and, but I think he had it very well planned out. How, what he wanted to do and how he wanted to do it when his opportunity to become a head coach came around. And I've been, uh, you know, so very proud of him. I mean, he's done such a fantastic job. Uh, the, uh, you know, I think uh, he runs the program the way he wants to, and, and I think it's very efficient. And uh, just so, so proud of him. Now, where would you say that you and Shane are different 
as far as your coaching styles and your approach to the profession? Well, I think one thing, he's very much uh, celebrate with the players. Uh, I was kind of like, I didn't want to, uh, I, wanted to, I wanted the players to always think I had things under control, whether I did or not. So I, was, uh, <laughs> I wasn't quite as much out there, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's a real, I think it's a very honest, celebrate, proud to be with you kind of atmosphere and, and his players now they play hard mm-hmm. and and when you go to the game it's not a lot of crazy plays I mean uh, things are happening that should happen and you know they're not fumbling or throwing interceptions or getting a lot of penalties things that you know really uh, it, it, things that kind of show he's really doing a good job he and his staff of coaching those players. So, uh, you know, can't wait to see them again here. I'm glad football season's here and we're ready to go. We got one last uh, question here about retirement before we jump into your coaching career. Have you picked up any new hobbies in <laughs> retirement? No. I, um, I make, can make a lot less decisions uh, now. Uh, I get up in the morning this decide if I'm going to watch Ellen today or not. And then after that, my calendar's clear. I'm done. That's the only decision of the day. I do have to decide what restaurant I'm going to try to go have lunch at or <laughs> breakfast or whatever. But no, or whether we're coming here for breakfast. But, uh, you know, it's, everything's going well. Now, Coach, let's talk a little bit about your, your coaching career here. And this is something we usually ask recruits. We usually ask players um, when someone comes in and they're a wrestler. We ask them how wrestling transmits to play an offensive line. If they're a basketball player, how does basketball translate to being a wide receiver? Um, but we wanted to ask you about a transferable skill here. Um, something taken from a different area, applied elsewhere with great success. Uh, I have been doing some reading this summer, and I did finally get around to, uh, to reading your book. Um, and I read about your stint teaching at Radford High School. So I'm curious, what lessons, styles, or habits did you take from your time teaching, and how did you apply that to coaching? Oh, the, uh, I taught math at uh, Radford High School, and uh, they had an opening as a coach, and, and uh, I was with a couple really good guys there and uh, learned a lot from them. But I think being prepared, I think whatever you're talking whether it's in the classroom or a practice, to be very well organized, planned out, uh, being, or, uh, uh, being prepared for the situation, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's really important. And the thing is, when you're dealing with young people, they know right away if you're not prepared, uh, if you're hemming and hawing and trying to figure out what you're going to do next, uh, it doesn't, t- doesn't take long for them to know that. So uh, I think uh, that's probably the one thing I'd say is know exactly what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Now, building the program starts with two very important things that ultimately is on the head coach to manage. Uh, who is calling the plays? And who the hell is going to run the place? <laughs> and uh, for the first part, I want to ask you, um, on the player side, I ask every coach that I have the opportunity to speak with, when you're looking at prospective student-athletes, aside from talent, aside from their speed, aside from their strength, what were some of the qualities, features, and traits that you felt were the best fit for Virginia Tech when you were recruiting? We, uh, we always would go, I'd always go around the school and talk to uh, 
one or two of their teachers and get opinions there. What kind of kid are we got? We want to get a character kid because mm -hmm. in the end, I can tell you, winning's just a lot more fun when you've got good character guys playing for you. Uh, uh, you know, and, and you've got a lot less problems to deal with and so forth. So, you know, one of the first things, you know, when we come back and talk about a prospect, so-and-so had a prospect, okay, what kind of character, you know, what kind of guy we're getting here? And so uh, we studied that a lot, uh, talked to different people around the school that would tell us uh, that part of it. And then if the character matched up with the skill and and the work, uh, you know, you want a guy that that wanted to work. Uh, you know, our, when our recruiting classes weren't always rated the highest, but then we come back and won some championships and, and bowl games and so forth. So I always thought that went back to developing players and, uh, you know, in the end up, and a lot of guys going on to pro football. So, you know, you know, they started out, they might not have been really highly recruited, but they developed and now they're playing in the NFL or, or uh, had a good, uh, graduated and uh, ended up good. So now let's talk about the coaches. And um, you can't stress enough how unique this is. So you go down the line here and there's some incredible, incredible coaches on this list. But in a sport with so much movement and change, a lot of these coaches decide to stay in Blacksburg and build something special. You look at Coach Foster, 19, 1987 to 2019. Coach Gray, 2006 to 2015. Billy Height, 78 to 2014. Coach Wiles, 96 to 19. And Brian Steinspring, uh, 1990 to, uh, to 2015. After all these coaches arrived and showed success, what was it not only about Virginia Tech, the place, we all know how special Blacksburg is, but the culture here that led them to want to stay here? Because without a doubt, all of those names, we had a lot of interest at different yeah. places, and they all decided to stay here and yeah. build something. I take great pride in that. Uh, you know, I always, uh, in this profession, some coaches coach and, and out of fear. You know, the players are a little bit afraid. The coaching staff's a little bit afraid. I never wanted that. I wanted a coach to come here and, and feel good about being here. And, and I always thought when they felt good, you know, they worked hard, they, they wanted to please you, they wanted to do a great job, and, and uh, I'd, rather, I'd much rather have that atmosphere that they look forward to coming to work as opposed to, uh, you know, walking in the door a little scared of what's going to happen today. And how has it been to, to watch the successes of some of these coaches <laughs> as they went on and uh, went to different schools. You're seeing uh, Coach Brown build a program. I believe he's down in Texas. You're seeing mm -hmm. Coach Gray at South Carolina with Shane. Mm -hmm. um, how much have you kept up with them, and what has that meant to you to see them continue their career in coaching? Uh, quite a bit. Uh, you know, really uh, proud of a lot of them. Uh, again, again, watching Cornell. Cornell, he kind of changed the program here. I mean, he was the first major recruit to Virginia Tech, a guy that could have gone anywhere in the country, and he came here. And I, I think he, I, I give him credit for really getting this pro, uh, program program uh, going. And, uh, you know, a guy like him in state had, had so much uh, going for him, and he came to Virginia Tech. So, uh, you know, all those guys, Torin Gray, I mean, he was such a smart player. Uh, you know, he, uh, he's tough, but played smart. Uh, 
and now he's in the coaching business, and you kind of go on and on. Uh, Coach Steinspring did a great job, uh, one of our great recruiters here uh, here at Virginia Tech. And so uh, just uh, really fortunate to, to have had a lot of good assistant coaches. And if they're good, you want to keep them. And you don't, you know, you don't want to be replacing a guy every year or every two years or every three years. So anytime you replace a guy, there's, there's an adjustment for them and for us. You know, I mean, there's, there's an adjustment uh, period. So, um, you know, I, wanted, I, I had good coaches, and I wanted to keep them around. I know you heard it, Pat. We always get fired up. Did you hear uh, we had a program reference here in the, uh, in the podcast? So <laughs> excited about that. Go ahead, Pat. So, Coach, you believed it could happen, and obviously you worked really hard to make it happen. But when did you know that – what were you – excuse me. When did you know that when you were building up this program, when did you know that it was working, that you and your staff were on the way to having success – that you ultimately did? Was there a certain game, a specific moment that stood out to you along the way where you were just like, yeah, we're doing this thing? Yeah. Oh, uh, I think, um, I think it probably gets back more to people than a game. Cause if you got good people, you know, the, the games will come, the wins will, will come. But, uh, you know, we got, uh, my sixth year, we were two, eight and one. Thank goodness Dave Brain was our athletic director because I, I think he saw that we were doing it the right way. We are graduating our players uh, that, you know, he'd come around every Sunday and sit there and watch and talk over what happened on Saturday. And, and he gave us an opportunity to stay. Not many coaches stay. If you're 2-8-1 in your sixth year, not many people are there for the seventh year. So, but uh, they stayed with us. And finally, we, you know, in 93, we did uh, get it turned and uh, then went to a bunch of straight bowl games. And, uh, and so, uh, you, know, it's, it's, it, you know, there's a lot of people involved. You know, you had to have players. But I always said our fans helped us win around here. I mean, the way they cheered, the way they jumping when you come in the stadium, the atmosphere, the tailgating. I mean, the, you know, they, they were a part of us. And it was just such, so much fun to watch a program uh, go from 2-8-1 and one to the Sugar Bowl and the Orange Bowl and the Gator Bowl and, and, uh, and to the national championship game. So, Coach, after the April 16th tragedy, the football team was really instrumental in bringing together this community that had been through a really long spring and a really long summer of mourning now, how important was that first game against East Carolina to you and the staff and the players in 2007? And what did you say to the team, you know, before coming out of the tunnel? Well, when we came out and to see this place jumping and, and, and the school, the students, the professors, the alumni, we all just needed something to rally around and be together and say, hey, we're not going to let this one uh, sick individual define who Virginia Tech is. We're going to define and show the nation who Virginia Tech is. And I think that game, uh, everyone saw really what Virginia Tech was all about and, and how together we were. And, and so, uh, you know, it's just good to get back out there on the football field. 
Coach, you retired from Virginia Tech in 2015. As we said in the beginning, you won multiple Coach of the Year awards. You had 280 lifetime wins and an election to the College Football Hall of Fame. When somebody is telling the story of Coach Frank Beamer and their legacy, what would you want that story to sound like? Or what do you hope that story sounds like? He did it the right way. Uh, they uh, they uh, had a good relationship with the, the players. Uh, treated them right, uh, was fair, had their interest at heart, uh, had what was best for them is what, is what we're going to do. Uh, you know, I, to me, again, it kind of gets back to people, coaches, players, your relationships. And if they, they, they are strong, a lot of this other stuff takes care of itself. You know, how you play on Saturday and, you know, when you get down to the goal line and you, you're on the two-yard line and uh, if you do it the right way, you got a better chance if you're on offense getting it in. If you're on defense, you got a better chance of keeping them out. And so, uh, so much of our program was built on relationships and keeping those things strong. I always, I, I always told our coaches, I said, you know, you got, we got to – they got to know. The, our players have got to know – they, trust, they can trust us, that we care about them. Because when you get in a problem in, or when you have, have an issue, and in my business, in our, this business, losing a game was an issue. And uh, I said, the only people who can get you out of that situation, that troubled spot, are those players. I mean, we've got to coach them up, but they've got to go back and play better. So they're going to play better if they know you care about them. So, you know, uh, and you know in this business you're, you're going to probably have a loss every once in a while, so those, coach, uh, those players better care about you when you do. So, Coach, we're going to look ahead into the 2022 season here with Coach Pry. Want to chat about Coach Pry. Want to talk about this upcoming campaign. But before we do that, we're actually going to jump in the time machine and talk about the late 1990s. What were your impressions of Coach Pry back in the '90s when he was a spring chicken coaching at Virginia Tech? I thought he just what I think now. I thought he was a, a very smart guy. Uh, loved football. Came from a football background uh, that uh, had a lot of uh, common sense. I think football coaching is a lot of common sense. And uh, I think we got a really good one. I think he's going to do a great job. I uh, can't wait to see him uh, get started here. And, uh, and, and he's done so many things right already out in the community. And, you know, and, and, you know the, our fans want, you know, they, really, they want to help you win, like I said a while ago. And I think he's done a good job getting himself out there. And, uh, and I know our fans are behind him, our alumni are behind him, our students are behind him. And so uh, I can't wait to watch him get going. Coach, I think, uh, I think most of the room here and our listeners would say that you, Coach Young, Coach Pryor, all kind of cut from the same cloth with the fun sayings and the good energy. <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to out of this staff, among a lot of other things. What would you say that you're looking forward to seeing out of this staff? Well, I told uh, John Boleyn, he and Witt have done, I think, a great job of hiring coaches. You think about it, and not only you go through a lot of the other sports, 
uh, that that are you know really doing well. But uh, Coach Young, what a great hire that was, and so and Coach Pry and so forth. But anyhow, I think they've done a good job. So what was the question again? <laughs> I said, uh, what are you looking forward to most out of this staff this year and oh. for the future? Yeah, I think uh, I think again what I was saying: clean playing football, uh, not a lot of penalties, uh, you know, not uh, uh, discipline within the football program, uh, playing hard, you know, giving great effort, and I think that's exactly what we're going to see. Coach, the lunch pail is back this year. What does that mean to you? Well. Bud Foster meant a lot to me, and of course, uh, and of course, Brent was here with him. And uh, but anyhow, uh, what I think he he did, what he did, he did better than any coordinator in the country. I mean, he just uh, had it the right way. And then I think that lunch bell was a symbol, hard work. You know, we're going to go work hard today, and uh, it uh, uh, Bud made it all work. Sure did. So, Coach, we're going to have some fun. We're going to run into uh, rapid fire here. Now, don't get it twisted. Well, this fire. brain doesn't work as fast <laughs> as it used to. I wasn't, so that was what I was going to say. It doesn't have to be uh, rapid. We can take as much time as we want. If I start stuttering, slow down, okay. will you? I got you. So the first question comes from Mike Santa Maria, who I know you spent a lot of time from, and he actually uh, asked uh, Mayhul Sangani this question, uh, and I loved it, so I wanted to ask you. Uh, in your career, you have a lot of decisions to make. Um, so what was the best yes that you gave in your career and what was the best thing that you turned down and what was your best no in your career? Best yes. Um, well, it didn't take me long, but when they, uh, when they offered me the job, I said yes right away. I didn't want to give them time to change their mind. So that was probably my best yes. Uh, the no uh, that I regret because I gave my word to North Carolina that I was coming there. And then I just, in the end, I couldn't go. I couldn't leave Virginia Tech. So uh, that's the one that I, you know, I'm, I always took great pride in that if I told you something, it was going to happen. And I thought it was going to happen, but when it came time to go, I just uh, I couldn't leave Tech. And so that, that's the one I regret the most. Well, I got to say, I think everybody in, uh, in this small room and in the bigger room out back is very, very glad that you did say <laughs> no. So I see a lot of nodding heads out there. Um, I like this one. What's your favorite Virginia Tech memory that does not involve football? Sugar Bowl, 95, beat Texas. Right. I think that's the game that kind of got us at another level, you know, a major appointment and a major bowl, bowl uh, Sugar Bowl. And to win, I think people started thinking of, of us a little bit different. Um, I think playing in the, in the uh, cha for the national championship, and I was going after that game, I was going out to a convention somewhere, and everybody was, everyone was talking about Michael Vick. And, uh, I mean, what a performance he put on that night. So and the, my, my regret on that game is that I think we were really good enough to beat them straight up. I think I let Bobby Bowden's teams all in the 90s kind of 
affect my thinking. Like, we need to do something special to beat these guys. So we faked a punt, didn't make it. So now we turn, lose field position, uh, faked a field goal, didn't make it. And, 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 I, and, I, and lost field position. And if I had to do it over again, I think we were, we were straight up good enough to, uh, to win that football game. So I'd do that one different. Coach gave us a bonus answer. What is your favorite non-football uh, football memory at Virginia Tech? I think, you all said it, we talked about it a while ago, but how we reacted to a sick individual on our campus and how we came together and had each other's back and, and showed respect for each other. Uh, I think uh, I, I'll never forget it. They asked me to come down to the uh, room where the parents of the, the the people that had been shot were all gathered and asked me to say a few words to them. And I came in through the, the door was on the side and I walked up to the front of the room and I'll never forget when I turned around and looked into the eyes of those parents and and I'll never forget that feeling right there and that uh, that's one that I still remember to this day. And I told them, you know, we're not going to forget your, your kids. We're going to always remember them here. And I think we've done a good job of that. But uh, I, that, uh, uh, and I'm proud of the way we've hung in there. And I, I do think, I, thought, I think we were a together university. I got your back, care for each other university. But I think after that day, we became more of that and more respect for each other. So I, uh, I remember that. <coughs> so I know this was a little bit of a change for you here. Um, <clears throat> and it doesn't have to be Virginia Tech, but what is your favorite football game that you have attended as a fan? Not having to make any decisions to sit back, enjoy a cold beer, maybe some popcorn. <coughs> what was your favorite game that you've attended as a fan? Well, I love going to my son's games now. I uh, really enjoy watching him operate and and how well he's doing uh really enjoy that uh going to my daughter's basketball game she's a pretty good little basketball player uh watching them going okay. there that was that was always fun and uh always claimed that i taught her how to shoot but i didn't she <laughs> she kind of developed it on her own uh so I, th I think that's kind of got it. What is, uh, what is some of your favorite music to listen to? What is Coach Beamer listening to? Uh, I know you're not listening on your walks. You're talking with, uh, with Mr. Berlin. But what, when, you, when you have a moment, what is some of the music that you're tapping into? I'm a country music guy. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and I go back to Shania Twain. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and... Uh, that's kind of that's kind of my style right there. What's your favorite Shania Twain song? Uh, I've kind of gone blank on. The, if you named it a couple, I'd tell you whether they're there or not. <laughs> Go ahead, Pat. Coach, I remember uh, when reading "Let Me Be Frank." Um, you're talking about I don't know what year it was, but you're listening to like sports radio in the car, and they're talking about Virginia Tech, and I don't know, like they were questioning a decision or something, and then. Um, you ask your wife, hey, change the channel. And, she cha and you said, 
Then she changed it to 94.9, Star Crunch Country, and you said, ah, much better. Yeah. <laughs> that that yeah. line has always stuck yeah. with me whenever I put on 94.9, yeah, Star Country. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Terrell, uh, she get in, she's really vital. You talk about it. Shane's got a great wife and Emily. Uh, you know, in the coaching business, you need a great wife, and uh, and I had one in Cheryl, and uh, she really uh, got involved and so forth. And so she was listening to the radio. I'd, I'd come home after a game, and they, uh, people on the radio was wanting me to play another quarterback or something. And so her question: Why did uh, why would why did you stay with quarterback so and so? And I said, Cheryl. If I'd uh, want to answer that question, you know, I would have uh, I would have brought it out earlier. I I don't really <laughs> need to come home and hear the same thing that the pe- people out there said. Let's let's change the subject. <laughs> Coach, <laughs> Coach, what is uh what about your favorite movie or TV show? When you I know I know you, you said you, you frequent Ellen. Uh, what yeah. about a movie or a TV show? Oh, kind of I kind of watch. Uh, Cheers. Okay. You remember that one? Yeah, I was just uh, over by the Cheers bar in Boston a couple yeah. days ago. Yeah, Friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know yeah. the reruns that uh, you can't beat those. Nope. And uh, I'm kind of into that. I sit there and watch shows for you know they run one after the other. So uh, <laughs> I watch about two hours worth of them every day. Uh, here's a here's a question I'm excited to ask you, um, Coach. I know you were a big black cleats, white sneakers, just. Typical, awesome uniform. Um, but I have to ask you, the couple of times that we did do something different with the uniforms, the couple of times we did shake it up, do you have a specific uniform that is your favorite? Well, when we, uh, you know, back then I let the captains choose what uniform. So I got to where I thought that was a bad idea because I think we were spending more time figuring out what uniform we we're going to wear as opposed to who, how we're going to beat this team we're getting ready to play. <laughs> but uh, I know this, when we came out, came out in all orange and got hammered, <laughs> we, never, we never wore all orange again. <laughs> that way, we were done with that one. I knew that one. <laughs> I'm glad we had some better luck last year with the all orange. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Go ahead, Pat. Coach, uh, what is your favorite cookout milkshake? <laughs> That one's easy. <laughs> well, it's, well, there's two, but chocolate. I'm kind of a big chocolate guy. And then banana nut would be my second favorite. Banana nut. You usually have one of those about every day. Yep. We see you in the uh, basketball stadium. Yo, I, I think he's the only gentleman in Blacksburg allowed to bring outside uh, food <laughs> into Castle Coliseum. You're always rocking that milkshake. You got to know somebody. That's true. Yeah. Well, this guy knows everybody, so... <laughs> Coach, uh, how is Hank Beamer doing, and where is his favorite place to go on a walk? Okay, you know, Hank, back when I was on the coaching deal, I was leaving every weekend. i got to tell you this first. When I decided to go, I was going to get a puppy. Cheryl, uh, we had one back. Casey wanted a puppy when she was coming through high school. It ended up Cheryl took care of that puppy every day, walking and so forth. So um, when I, we, I brought up this thought about getting another puppy, Cheryl said, well, you're taking care of it now. If you get it, you're taking care of it. I've already took, took care of one dog. So, and uh, sure enough, she, she stayed with her word. I had to take care of it. <laughs> so now I'm on the committee, so I'm going to Dallas every Monday. i got to be there uh, Monday afternoon. 
and then we'd come back home either uh, Tuesday night. So then I was having to find where Hank was going to stay because she sure wasn't going to take care of the dog now. She'd already told me. So now I had to figure, figure out where Hank was going to stay. And then it's starting to cost me a fortune. <laughs> and, and so then I found some people in the neighborhood that's uh, uh, great uh, parents for Hank. They gave me visitation rights. <laughs> I, I can still go visit. And, and he's right at the front of our neighborhood. So uh, Hank's got him a great home. They have a couple of little girls, and they take great care of it. What and where was the best round of golf you've ever played? Ooh. Pat loves the golf questions now. Yeah. He's getting a lot of golf. Oh. I think uh seemed like I shot like uh, maybe 89 or something at Augusta one time. I don't... Uh, don't make me put that down in writing. I might have made that up. But uh, I enjoyed that. Uh, I, uh, and, and to play there with all the history and, you know, and pine trees and the green tr uh, trees and then the white sand. I mean, it's just uh, unbelievable. Pebble Beach is not bad. I enjoyed uh, going out there with some people and playing out there a few times. So, uh, and... You know, I'm, I usually, I could usually keep the ball in the fairway. I didn't hit it very far, but, I, you know, I usually could hit it fairly straight. So I, I usually get around there, and uh, I think my handicap, 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there. If you're going to break 90, Augusta National, yeah. not a bad place to no, do that. <laughs> no. Well, if, uh, again, you know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't the game at Augusta's when, you, when the ball gets to the green. And then you, if you get above a hole, you're in trouble. And then all the holes, you know, you got all those big breaks in them. And so the game at Augusta really gets down to putting. And, you know, you can usually get to the holes. Now can you get it in the hole? And so uh, that was a the problem there. Yep. So um, you've played a lot of golf. Last golf question, <laughs> I promise. Um, who would be your dream foursome on the Ooh. course? Ooh. Whether that's someone you've played with in the past that you love with, love to play with again, or uh, you know, someone you've always wanted to play with, or open it up, go all time, somebody from any time in the course of history you could, uh, you could tee up with. Hmm. I think uh, the people I would play with would be John Boleyn, Greg Roberts, and. Uh, uh, Greg Roberts and John, and then my uh, uh, friend Street, Waylon Overstreet. And we uh, go to Myrtle Beach and play and have a lot of fun. So I'd probably just go right back there and have fun and enjoy their company. You get and Street and I were partners, <laughs> and we beat them most of the time. So You getting Bruce to drive the cart? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bruce can drive the cart for us and... Uh, yeah, for Bruce would be, uh, if I know Bruce, he'd be there right with us hitting shots. Uh-huh, uh-huh, and talking a whole lot of smack, Yeah, too. yeah, talking smack. <laughs> Last one from Rapid Fire here. What was your favorite win over the University of Virginia? Uh, how many years did we beat them in a row? A whole lot. I think a lot of people out 11, here uh, lost count. 11, <laughs> 11 or 12? 15? 15, oh, Whoa. Better than I thought. <laughs> Take any one of those 15, and that's the best one right there. <laughs> any one of them. Coach, we're uh, 
Uh, we did some outreach here. Pat and I are both in sales, so we, we do a lot of outreach, banging the phones. Uh, and we wanted to reach out to some former players and either have them share a sentiment or uh, share a question. Um, and here they are. So Shane Graham, this was, uh, this was <laughs> his share. So one of my favorite things about Coach, about Coach was on the day of games, we did a thing where we all took a walk down to the team hotel. Coach would walk with the specialists, and we would talk football, life, school, whatever. Yeah. I always look back on that and how special it was to have that relationship that most never get to have with their head coach. From the first phone call when he was recruiting me to the last time I saw him on the field for, uh, for the Florida game versus his son's yeah. team, South yeah. Carolina. Yeah. I always felt like he truly cared about his players and, for, his players and former players. The person he is makes him the coach that he was, detail and passion. Yeah, Shane, what a great player. And uh, how about his field goal at West Virginia to win up there, huh? <laughs> and uh, now nah, he's, he's special. You know, he, he was a special kicker, a special person. And he did, you know, uh, on the Saturday morning, if we had a night game, uh, coaches would come down and take each, their group for a little walk just to get them out of the hotel and get, you know, a, a stretch your legs a little bit. And I went with a specialist. That's, that was my group. Mm -hmm. And so we had, uh, we had a good time walking around Hotel Roanoke and, and uh, visiting with each other. And, and uh, I, I always enjoyed that quite a bit. I mean, those guys, they'd have some stories they needed to tell too. Coach, I, uh, I contemplated <laughs> talking about this, and I'm not sure if you remember this, but personally this was the, the moment that had the biggest impact on me. So I know you said you watched some reruns. I'm not sure if you watch a lot of reruns of the Jersey Shore. But you got a lot of people who are into themselves and, and calling attention to themselves. And when I came to Virginia Tech, I had this pair of SpongeBob pajama pants and I had pink headphones. And I'd wear them all the time. And uh, there was one time when we were on the elevator and, uh, and you looked at me and your message wasn't, why do you do that? You're running for that or making a big scene in a bunch of people. It was just me and you in an elevator and you looked over to me and essentially you told me that you can't control how other people are going to view what you decide to do, but it ultimately impacts how other people view you. And that's always been, that's stuck with me for such a long time because I never knew it, but a lot of times I'd step into a room and without trying to be that way, I'd try to be the loudest or the most ironical or anything else. And seriously, that was the one thing that, uh, that really stuck with me. But I appreciated the way that you conveyed the message. And I think back to how I talk to my brother when he does something that drives me crazy. <laughs> and if I would yell at my brother or I would tell him, why do you do this? Why do you do that? Go do this. He ain't never going to do any of that, but if you sit down and you talk to him and you talk to him and you level with him, uh, it has an impact. So I appreciate that about you, and that, uh, that really helped me uh, become a man here at Virginia Tech. Thank you. You turned out well. I, I, like, I like to think it worked yeah. out okay. Yes, that, uh, a lot of times I think uh, kids get acting, do things, and, uh, and then if you have time to think about it or talk about it, you know, give them a reason to, uh, to change, they will. No yeah, doubt. They will. So this one comes from, uh, from Dwight Vick. And his question is, if you were able to keep Marcus Vick with the talented team that you had coming back, do you feel like you would have won a national championship with that team? Mm. We, uh, we were close. You know, when Michael came through here, I, I, every high school, I go into somebody say, hey, I got the next Michael Vick. And I'm thinking, the coach at that school, and I'm thinking in my head, no, you don't. <laughs> you, you don't have the closest thing to Michael Vick was Marcus Vick mm -hmm. and uh, and Tyrod Taylor. I might throw him in there, but 
you know, yeah, uh, it's a, you know, it's a shame, but uh, yeah, we had to do what was best for every, everyone concerned. And so, uh, but Ma uh, Marcus was a real talent himself. And uh, he also asked, so much is made about Michael Vick and Kevin Jones being impact game-changing recruits for Virginia Tech. They absolutely were. Mm -hmm. um, but he asks, what was the importance of signing quarterback Maurice DeShazo and Cornell Brown? You mentioned him yeah. earlier for the program. Yeah, that was big, too. Uh, Maurice was quite a player in the state. And uh, for again, for him coming to Virginia Tech, you know, getting in there, we talked about Cornell, but then you get a Maurice DeSagio coming and Cornell or some other guys there that I couldn't mention. But, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that gets to be uh, people get thinking about that. Uh, future prospects get thinking about that. You know, well, if the best players in the state of Virginia are going or going to Virginia Tech or considering Virginia Tech, maybe I ought to do that too. So it all worked together. This one comes from Sam Rogers. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh. So he says, uh, when I think of Coach Sam Beamer. Rogers, one of my favorite all-time players. You're talking about a guy that ever played, whether it's practice, game, pre-game, pre-practice. He was always full speed. Absolutely. I, always full speed. Go ahead. I'm he says, uh, when I think of Coach Beamer, I think of family. What were some of the keys what do you think that contributed to building a family-like atmosphere through the football program? And when was the first moment that you realized you had a connected team? So each year when you were getting ready, you were in camp, you noticed, hey, this team's got a shot. Yeah, I think, again, uh, if players respect each other, it shows pretty quickly. If play players care about each other, it shows pretty quickly. Um, Every time we would break a huddle, one player, it got to be where one player would usually say something. And I got to be the, got to the point where sometimes I got a player and I'd be standing back behind the huddle there. And I said, you know, I don't, I don't really want him talking to the football team. So then when we started to break the huddle, I'd call so-and-so, break the huddle for us, you know, call the people that, I thought the football team needed to hear from and the people that, that I knew that uh, would pay attention to what they were saying. I bet you broke that huddle several times. I, I, I always thought it was weird. You'd, you'd call somebody else out and be like, oh, is, he gonna, is this going to be – I need to know where to go on power, and I also might have to, to break the huddle. So, yes, I do remember you doing that. I didn't know there was a uh, yeah. method to the madness there. Oh, there was. <laughs> we're going to close it out with – our good friend that we've gotten to become close with this year, Davon Morgan. Okay, Davon. <laughs> Davon says, ask Coach Beamer how he felt during the ACC championship game after getting knocked in the head by Corey Holt. <laughs> Dizzy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that actually happened too. I, that was, uh, seemed like, you know, I always thought as a player I had very quick feet. You know, I could move pretty good. But as a coach, I must, I must have slowed down quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> I'd getting hit in the head and getting hit from the side and uh, all that. So feet weren't very quick. Coach, we see you're wearing a ring here today. Yeah. Which ring is your all-time favorite ring, other than your wedding ring? Because yeah, I know that might be the Good answer. Time. Good yeah. job. Good job. This is um, – I've got all my rings, bowl rings and all the rings that we accumulated here in a uh, – 
a display at home. It's a big display. It is a big display. <laughs> and uh, I've got written out what it's for. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's very well done. But this is my Hall of Fame ring, College Football College Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, I was so uh, honored to go into that. And so uh, I like it's a it's a pretty ring and uh, it kind of means a lot to me. So this is the one I usually wear. And uh, but the other rings are there at home. Last question from Davon. <laughs> he no. says, "How did he come up with his quotes? The one that comes to mind is play with intelligent recklessness." And yeah. Dwight Vick has talked about that too. Yeah. Uh, Davon says he still uses that today. Yeah. Where did that one come from? Coaching down at Florida A and M right now. Just opened it up at uh, week zero. Coaching the safeties. Yeah. Morgan. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure where that uh, intelligent recklessness you wanted. You know, you wanted your team to play hard. You wanted to fly around, but you didn't want to be hitting people out of bounds or hitting late or, or, or clipping a guy right in the back. You know, play hard, but be intelligent about how you play. And it always made perfect sense to me. I got one question before, uh, before we close this thing out. Uh, Davon Morgan is definitely one of the funnier individuals that I have had the pleasure of meeting uh, yep. doing this podcast. So I want to ask you, who are some of the most – uh, the funniest and most impactful uh, oh, players that you've had, with the assumption that all of them were impactful. But yeah. Who are some that stand out? Yeah. Oh man, that goes back to a lot of guys too. The uh, funniest. I, I think I agree with you, Davon. I mean, he was he he, he could make you laugh, <laughs> and uh, I you know I enjoyed all of them though. I mean, really, when you you always made sure I got in the home. To see if a kid said he's coming to Virginia Tech, I always make sure I was in the home either either before or after, so I could sit down and uh, talk to the family. And then if that kid had an issue here and I needed to talk to the family about it, I knew who I was talking to. And and you find out a lot about a kid when you sit there with his mom and dad or mom or maybe a one parent family or whatever. But you find out a lot about how how that kid is around his mom, how respectful he is, or his dad. I mean, you kind of find out a lot about kids. And like I told you earlier, I wouldn't know as much about him character-wise as, as once we said, hey, he's good enough to play at Tech and beat the people we got to beat. But then I want to know what kind of character guy we got. And you find that out a lot by visiting in that home. Coach, this has been an honor, a blessing, just a ton of fun for you to join us here this afternoon. Our last question for you before closing is, what is your message to Hokie Nation? Oh, my uh, message is uh, keep on doing what you're doing because no one does it better. You know, I, I, I attended my son's game at South Carolina, and they got those white towels that they, they, everybody in the stadium's got their white towel. And there, that's going all the way, way around. And then I came here for a game either the night before or the night after. I forget how it worked out. And our guys are jumping, as we, you know. And so I don't think I've been, I've been. I could go to two stadiums more into it that are better uh, atmospheres than those two right there. But you know, right here, I mean, the way our fans get into it, the way they uh, put their heart and soul into it. Uh, no one does it better. 
Coach, I can't thank you enough. You've had a profound impact on me. You've had a profound impact on so many people. Uh, I love you. We love you. And thank you so much for the time. Can't thank, thank you. you enough. Love you guys. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> And thank you, everybody that came out, by the way. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, y'all did a good job. Thank you. We just asked the questions. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that. Couldn't be more thankful for Coach Beamer's time. Um, Again, first time doing a live event. Um, First time that we've had the opportunity to sit down with Coach Beamer and I wanted to take this opportunity to extend a huge thank you to our army of supporters uh, that helped us get this done. First and foremost, Virginia Tech Library, Newman Library, um, which I had no idea would be making another appearance in my life, but they supplied all the video equipment literally 90 minutes before uh, we pressed play here um, due to a couple unforeseen circumstances. Uh, I want to thank Michael Bordens from the University Club and their incredible staff. They were extremely accommodating and uh, helped us get this done. And then from our team, Nels Williams, my partner in crime all day. He helped out with Tech Assembly, ran all over campus finding the equipment that we needed to get this done. Giovanni Heater on video, Kyle Marshak on the video production, Gian Maselli, a DJ from Blacksburg who... We literally slid in the DMs and we said, hey, look, we have an emergency. We don't have a mixer. We don't know how to record this. And he came through and and made that happen for us literally on five hours of notice. Jordan Long, Emily Daigs, they were both on the content. Emily with the photos, Jordan with the video. Evan Hughes and Grayson from the remote help. Grayson all the way, 4,000 miles away, chiming in and making sure we got this done. I really wish Grayson could have been there, but he couldn't have been more helpful. Our advisors, Bryce Chalkley and John Yetzi, who came all the way down from Carolina to help us get that, that done. And lastly, Jay Tucker for getting the boys home all the way from Northern Virginia and a stop at Best Buy on the way to pick up some more equipment. But anyway, that's a wrap from the Sons of Saturday. We appreciate you tuning in. We've got some awesome stuff coming up, and we actually also have a football game coming up. So more content to come. And don't forget, if you watched this and you enjoyed it and you want to, or if you listen to this, and you want to go see it, head on over to our YouTube channel, and you'll be able to see the video of that as well. But that's it for us, and we'll see you soon. It's time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. All she said is Oh, I know just what you're thinking Please don't go to slice again Trash your friend's place Wake up the next day and do it again All that she said is And all that she said is enough To reach out to you and say